and welcome to the Kerrville Podcast, episode number 69. Michaela here and John Barrera. And this is a very important organization that makes sure that your uh, rivers are clean and uh, make sure they, they check the levels, they check the bacteria levels, they check the temperatures in the rivers. Uh, if you know anything about them, you already know probably who I'm talking about. I'll let John go ahead and introduce him. Go ahead, John. Absolutely. This week, this week's podcast all tie in together. We um, we've had the commissioner, county commissioners that are running, and they they have been bringing up water UGRA, and we have UGRA Matthew and Tara. Thank you for coming on, Matthew and Tara. Yeah, Good thank morning. you both so much. I do want to say something. Those are the uh, county commissioner candidates. Uh, Sonia Hooten and Rich Paces that have been on. Uh, we have talked about the water situation in this area with both of those candidates as well. So, But I just wanted to say that real quick and, and uh, make sure that people out there, they, they are not county commissioners, they are candidates. Yes. Yeah, running for county yes, commissioners. they so, are running. Yeah, so uh, Tara and Matthew, welcome to the podcast today. Good to see you both. And Tara and I have known each other for about 12 years now. Yes, ever since yeah. you've been in Kerrville. Yeah, yep. And uh, the UGRA River Cleanup, I tell you what, every single time I see that, it just blows my mind about how much stuff is actually pulled out of the Guadalupe River. That's right. And we have, we're excited to be going back to our traditional format this year. Matt awesome. is heading up the river cleanup yes, this I year am. and can give you some details on it. Well, uh, it'll be taking place on July 23rd this year uh, at Flat Rock Park, as usual. Uh, however, the last two years, it's been the on-your-own format. And this year, we're getting back to it. Uh, we're really excited to be Getting back to Flat Rock and seeing getting everybody back to in person. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We'll so. be able to see that big pile of trash that you're talking about <laughs> now because everybody is going to be doing the river cleanup on the same day and, and returning all of their items. We'll see what unusual items we can find and big items will be awards for those categories too. That is so, so cool. John. What's the craziest thing you've ever found? I mean, there's been a lot of stuff. One year we found this um, boot. I guess it was a, a float that was underneath a dock, but it was about four feet by four feet. It was really thick black rubber. It came out of Flat Rock Lake. I don't even know exactly what it was. Some huge float. We found a safe with, out the door. We found a mailbox. Oh. Um, all types of clothing, um, deer blinds, everything. Pieces, big pieces Deer of pipe. Blinds. You know, when it floods, though, too. I, whenever, whenever it does flood, and it does, it hasn't flooded here in quite a while now. That's it's been right. a couple of years. But when it does flood, um, all kinds of stuff floats oh, yeah. down into the river and becomes property of the Guadalupe River. Right, and yeah. I mean that's really something, especially during times like this where the river is lower, the water's edge is further back. You might think, oh, there's this area of my property where I'm just going to store something, or I'm going to put something down there, or and and you don't realize that when it does actually flood, that that can get washed into the river and then carried downstream. And your deer blinds in the water. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I mean we've seen you know boats, just small like rowboat size up. 20 feet in a cypress tree, you know, wrapped around the trunk. Uh, so it's just crazy. Boots, probably all kinds of fishing hooks and lures. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. you find that year-round without golf even balls. having a foot. Y'all ever find any golf balls? Definitely, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Are they bad for the water? I don't know. I don't think that they, you know, decompose or anything. Just 
just other than being litter, you know, mm, themselves. Right. I don't, I guess I'm not sure if the toxic chemical composition of golf balls, I have to put that on my to-do list to <laughs> maybe, research. Maybe if it's cracked open or something and all the you insides of it, yeah. Yeah, you, you don't know what's inside those really. Fish try to eat it or something. Yeah. yeah, but that's, you know, something to keep in mind, especially when it does rain and the water becomes really murky, you know, that can elevate bacteria levels temporarily right after a big rainstorm, but then mm. also hide things that have been washed in. So it's a time to just be even more conscious of hazards that might be in the river right after it rains. For somebody that doesn't know about the UGRA, what is the UGRA all about and why is the Upper Guadalupe River Authority so important? So we are a conservation and reclamation district that was established by the legislature with the jurisdiction of Kerr County. And our role is really as a steward of the upper Guadalupe River in in Kerr County. So we have programs that focus on routine monitoring of water quality of the Guadalupe River and the creek so that we know, you know, what is the quality of our water, what is our baseline, so that if something changes in the watershed, if we see that if it has an impact on water quality. But then also we support programs for um, helping the community be better stewards of the land because the the health of the land is really directly impacted or directly connected to the health of the river. So different practices that you can do on your own property um, that can have benefits, you know, everywhere downhill all the way to the river. And then we, we work with other entities at the, in the local level and at the state level for different planning processes about future water supply or about flood planning and things like that. So our, our role is really to represent Kerr County's um, water needs in the community and to encourage stewardship of this resource you know the guadalupe river does it start in kerr county yes it, it does. does start in kerr county and it runs it is a it is a long river yes, i mean it it, i i've gone to matagorda and indianola several times you know I love indianola. And, and every time you go down in that direction it's like oh i'm qu- crossing the guadalupe river oh i'm crossing the guadalupe river again <laughs> it all starts here and there's more of an impact than, than you realize about keeping the river clean from the start Definitely. And, and something to, you know, so if people drive out to hunt, drive out Highway 27, you know, past Ingram turns into 39, you get to the hunt store, you have the option of going right or left. So you go left onto the South Fork and continue on 39 and eventually, you know, a little bit past Lynx Haven Crossing, you're getting to the start of the South Fork of the river. If you took a right and went up 1340 past the hunt fire department, you know, all the way past Mo Ranch. Then you're eventually getting the headwaters of the North Fork of the river. And so those two come down just past the Hunt store and join and start. That's the official start of the Guadalupe River, which is just above Shoemaker Crossing. That's where the actual Mm. Guadalupe River starts. It's in between Hunt Hunt Crossing goes that road. um, 39 goes over the water just before the Hunt store. That's where that little bridge is. Right, where a lot of people swim. That's actually the South Fork of the river. But then at Shoemaker, it's going over the main river. So in between Hunt and Shoemaker Crossing is the start of the Guadalupe River, where the North and South Fork come together. You know, I actually got in a motorcycle accident right there where those two rivers meet. Maybe really? that, Maybe if I become like a country songwriter or something, I can write a song <laughs> I think that about it. I had a Rick. At the beginning it, uh, of the river. Of the Guadalupe. <laughs> I forget well, I'm we're sorry recording that's sometimes. such a, a landmark for you, but yes, that is exactly where we're talking about. You know, and then if you followed every wiggle of the river from here, all from, you know, Shoemaker Crossing all the way down to where the Guadalupe River joins the San Antonio River, it'd be about 400 miles or so. So the San Antonio River, uh, is that the river that goes through the Riverwalk? 
Yes, yes. Yeah, it is. So is that where it starts, right around the Riverwalk? Because it's, so it's not very much water through there. Yeah, um, being the San Antonio Basin, I guess I'm not as familiar with it, but the Medina River is the main tributary to the San Antonio River. So the Medina River goes through Bandera, and then that joins the San Antonio River. And then they travel down and connect with the Guadalupe River about 16 miles before the mouth in San Antonio Bay. That is crazy. So there, and are, then you there also, are sister watershed. They're right, you know, right along. I guess they're like, tri- what are they called? Tribularies? Tributaries. Tributaries. Okay, yeah. Yes. I, hey, I never, hey, you were I right wouldn't there. even. You were close, oh. yes. Yeah. I wouldn't have been close, so, Michaela. But so, so with these uh, water tributaries, mm-hmm. there's another one that's, so it's, it goes Medina, Guadalupe, and then Llano River would be up above. Uh, so so the, does that go north of San Antonio then, the Llano River? So the Llano River That goes in, to Austin, right? Right. Yeah. It's part of the Colorado watershed. So the, the San Antonio Basin and then the Guadalupe Basin is next to it, and then the Colorado Basin is next to that. So the, both the Llano and the Perdinalis feet are tributaries of the Colorado River, and the Colorado River Basin is is huge. You know, it's one of our largest rivers in Texas. So the north and south fork of the Guadalupe River... You know, to anybody that doesn't know, they just say, hey, there's a river going through Kerrville. Right. You know, and Centerpoint and, and Hunt and, and Ingram and everything. They, where does this water come from? Is it spring-fed or, or where does this water come from? Well, part, you know, part of it comes from, that's a great question. When it's raining, some of it comes from rain. So rain yeah. falls on the land. The watershed is like the funnel that leads the water towards the lowest point, which are rivers and creeks, when it is raining. But then when times when it's not raining, all of your shallow aquifers or your shallow, shallow areas of, ground, of rock and of soil that have absorbed rainwater and just kind of held onto it as a sponge, you know, they'll release some water into your rivers and creeks as seeps. But then springs are where you have groundwater that's moved. Usually how it happens out in the bigger springs along the North Fork and the South Fork is you have water that's in the Edwards Aquifer, which is on the top, the Edwards Trini Plateau Aquifer, more accurately. And then it kind of moves laterally across. And when it hits the top of the Trinity Aquifer, it can't go down anymore and it pops out um, because the river has cut down through that rock layer. So springs are groundwater that is coming out of the ground at areas between two rock layers which are the start of of all of our rivers and creeks Mm. in 2011 we had a really bad drought we were we were in really bad drought stage and it it got so bad in the city of kerrville that you can only water your yard on certain days of the week and they drew the lake down that was the last time that nimitz lake was was drawn down because the city of kerrville has you know that as a water reserve for when we get into times of drought and the state restricts how much they can pump out of the river, then they can use that water that's held in the lake. And so the, I don't know if people remember 2011, Nimitz Lake was was drawn down. That's crazy. I yeah. don't remember Nimitz Lake being drawn down, wow. but I remember the restrictions. Yes. So yeah. have y'all heard about, so in California somewhere, there's a big, huge reserve that they, that they you know, kind of like Nimitz Lake. Lake Mead. So it's, and it's quite a bit bigger balls. than Nimitz Lake. But. They, they put these balls and they cover the whole lake with oh, these yeah. balls. Reduce yeah. To reduce evaporation mm-hmm. and keep the water in the lake. It was crazy to watch. On, yeah, that it, is wild. There's a YouTube video that... I remember seeing them dump them all in there. Isn't yeah. it cool? It's pretty crazy. So, well, so that's cool. The, that's the thing about reservoirs is that they're great water supply resources, but then also very prone to evaporation because they're such a huge volume mm. of water um, but a good thing in Kerrville is that we have diverse water sources so the city of Kerrville also operates groundwater wells 
And then they have they store treated water in aquifer storage and recovery wells that can be pumped out and used in times like the summer. And so there's a lot less evaporation, really almost no okay. evaporation how risk many, with how those. How many gallons uh, are in those? Yeah. So I read in the paper, you know, a couple of, I guess it was earlier this year that City of Kerrville Public Works had said they had like a billion gallons stored uh, in those I mean, aquifer. How, how long would that ASR last our city? You know, um, if, if there was no, if, if and I, I know this is a tough question. Yeah. And, and this that, isn't our, this isn't yeah. our jurisdiction either necessarily, but just from what I've learned from how, um, I hope that we can look, the city has information on their public works page about what their operating capacity is or how much water is used um, daily by, by the city of Kerrville. But that's just the city of Kerrville itself. So then we have water users all throughout the county, county yeah. which everybody yeah. else is on well water. Or if they choose to have their own water system through like a rainwater harvesting system, for example, some people, you know, have get their water that way. Um, where can we find updates on water conditions? Where can the public find your updates? Well, um, on our website, if you go www.ugra.org, uh, we have a whole section on our daily updates for our bacteria monitoring and everything. So, awesome. Yeah. Um, during this, once we start the swimmability, we'll be starting it on the 23rd of May. And then so we'll have results posted by Memorial Day. Uh, so everybody can go check that out and, you know, cool. have a big day whenever everybody goes out to the river and hangs out at the park and goes and barbecues and goes swimming and all that. Now, so. speaking of that, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, speaking of that, we are in, in the season now where it's warmed up and uh, people are going to be out. They're going to be out in the rivers. And we are kind of, are, we are not in drought. We are not in drought. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Are we, we are, are, are we? in a horrific drought. We are in drought. Yeah. We're actually oh, close to 2011's uh, rainfall right now. But I think we might have just kind of caught up with it or... I looked this morning and, you know, year to date rainfall for 2022 in Kerrville is 2.5 inches of rain. That's it? That's Norm- all we've had all this we've year? we've had. Yeah. Yes. Normal Not is about nine yeah. inches. Yeah. We're at about 36 a year, right? Something like that? 30 well, to 36? Well, not that much. I'd say tw- 28, 28 to 30. Okay. Yes. And in 2011, at this point in May, we'd had like 2.9 inches. So essentially the same. But we're, you know... At, the, at about those same levels. It's been deceptive the last couple of weeks because we've right. been overcast and had some drizzle. You know, that doesn't amount to much as in terms of, off. Yeah. of rainfall. And the plants were just waiting for any type of moisture in order to green up. So now we look around, and you're like, oh, we've had cloudy weather. I see all of these plants leafing out. It really, I think, is deceptive about the drought conditions because they we're going to see if we don't get rain in May, the river level is going to keep dropping and are your plants and vegetation are going to start going dormant. Mm. And then that brings up the other, the other thing that we had to deal with in 2011 when there was a drought and that was uh, water stagnation and having your kids playing out in that river water, right. which is, so the flow stops, everything's not getting exhausted down downstream anymore and everything just sits there in that water what do families have to watch for when that happens? So Matt mentioned how we have our weekly bacteria information post on the website. And that's great. That's But it's just one piece of information to consider. You know, we, we obviously don't monitor every location in the river. So it's kind of up to you when you go to swim, you know, use your own observations and common sense. You know, look around. If the water isn't flowing. So we were lucky. Even through 2011, the river was still flowing all the way through Kerrville. There were places closer to spring branch which is a ways downstream from us that the river did go dry where there was mm. no but it didn't in kerr county at all um so that's good so there was still some water flowing through um but you yeah you'd never want to swim in water that's stagnant 
and you can kind of tell because there might be a film on the surface or there are areas where more algae has grown just because it isn't moving along uh, by the flow. And then also areas that have a large population of any type of waterfowl, ducks or geese, that they're going to be constantly putting waste into this small amount of water. Um, so you don't want to swim in those areas either. It turns into a toilet, essentially, yes. for the, for the yes. animals. I mean, I'm just, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, you know, it's always a good idea to wash hands, take shower after you swim in the river, you know, on a regular basis. Because it's not a pool. It's not chlorinated. There's always right. some yeah. sort of bacteria in it. But you're right. Those can become more concentrated during drought times and um, during summer in general because we usually don't get much rain in summer. Do we have alligators? No. Okay. I've seen That's, some. I mean, that we've had posts you see saying what I'm that there are alligators I've in the Guadalupe. Yeah. In the Guadalupe, like way downstream. Yeah, further down south, yeah. closer to really? the coast, they, they increase in population. Yeah. But sure. I know we got gar, but. We have um, spotted gar and long nose gar in the Guadalupe River in Kerrville, but not alligator gar in Kerr, in Kerr County. Those mm. are also down further in the Guadalupe. Mm. Uh, a question I have is the, uh, and I'm just making these up as I go yeah. along. I always do that. I, you know, I don't write anything down. But uh, rainbow trout, uh, every winter, the city of Kerrville does at least, I think, two to three releases of rainbow trout. Is there a reason other than so people can go fishing that they release these rainbow trout? No. And it's Texas Parks and Wildlife Department that releases oh, them okay. all over the state. It's it's just a really, you know, Texas Parks and Wildlife Department wants to encourage people to get outdoors, to enjoy yeah. fishing, to get into it. And um, it's, it's kind of more of a tradition, really. Rainbow trout have those releases throughout the state. I think they do two in Kerrville, usually uh, in Louise Hayes Park, like December and January, maybe. I just talked to someone earlier this week that um, at the Guadalupe Blanco River Authority that told me that downstream of Canyon Lake, where the water is a bit cooler because that lake, that dam releases water from from the lower level. And so of it's cooler water that the rainbow trout have kind of become naturalized in that stretch of the river because it's cool water awesome. all year round. Up here, they die, you know, when the water starts to get really warm. They don't reproduce in our water, and that's why they, you know, are stocking them every year. But it's it's for recreation. Damn. I want to talk about dams. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, do you have to, uh, how old are our dams, and <laughs> when do we have to uh, maintain them? How old are they? Um, so we have, in Kerr County, we have Ingram Dam. Nimitz Dam, uh, the Louise Hayes Park Dam, and Flat Rock Dam. I would say those are our main dams that are on the, the main Guadalupe River. Of course, up on the tributaries in the North Fork and South Fork, there's tons of, oh, yeah. of low-head yeah. dams mm-hmm. or on-channel mm-hmm. dams, but they're not really impounding water to an area that expands out further than the river. So I don't... I, I'm. I'm sure at the office we have down the exact dates when those are constructed, but they're all about around the 1950s, which is a common date for dams all across Texas. After the drought of the 50s, there was a giant dam building bonanza throughout mm. Texas because it was such a huge, devastating drought, and we didn't have these reserves of water supplies. And so the the strategy was let's build a bunch of, of reservoirs. The 10-year drought? It's like 43 to 53 or 47 to 57 or yeah, something like that. Yeah, 52, something 57, like that. something like that. Um, that sounds about right. Mr. Pace has talked about that yesterday. Yeah. yeah. That 10-year yeah, drought. So anyways, I think our, our dams in Kirk County are about that age. The Louise Hayes Park one has been there um, 
for a hundred years, probably because it was. I mean, not that exact one. It was a wooden dam first. That's scary. Yeah, it was a wooden dam, dam first, oh, yeah. and it was a little bit further downstream, and then it was replaced with a concrete dam at Louise Hayes Park. Joe Herring's blog has pictures of yeah, it. There's some really um, cool pictures of yeah. people standing next to it. And yeah, next, next to, to it, right <laughs> on the other side where it's a little drier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the owner, ownership here. of the dams is variable. Also, UGRA does not own any of those dams. Um, the Nimitz Dam is owned by the city of Kerrville, and then the other two. Oh, I forgot about Center Point Dam. That's what yeah, I was thinking yeah. about. Also, Center Point those Dam. Those are Kerr County. Um, it looks like it's like this thick. It's not even that thick. Yeah, they they have there's different guidelines about inspection of them, and I know some of them have been inspected lately, but I just don't have that information off the top of my head. Yeah, I, I saw a video the other day of, of of one going out, and it popped up out of the water, and, uh-huh. it, boom, and it was like, oh, my god! I saw that same video. You saw that one? Yeah. It was intimidating. There's a little too much pressure and a little too old of a dam. Yeah, <clears throat> and actually just, like, pushed up out of the ground, a whole slab, and then went, bam, and I saw, what if somebody was down there, you know? Well, somebody's downstream of that. <laughs> yeah, down yeah. Yeah. somewhere. Yeah. I, I mean, like down, you know, playing oh, like down right there. there. Next to it. Yeah, this, be... this next question, you know, uh, housing is a is a big thing, um, the, or the the lack of housing growth. in the area and responsible growth uh, in this area. Um, there have been statements made that uh, there isn't really enough water to sustain uh, a lot of, uh, I guess, urban growth. Not maybe ur- urban, but high density growth. In this area, y'all know our Guadalupe River and our, our water better than anybody else does. Um, can we sustain growth? So we, UGRA participate, well, in regional water planning processes. So they happen all over the state. Groups get together, have estimates for growth, have estimates of current supplies and current and future demand too. And Kerr County, City of Kerrville, Headwaters, Groundwater Conservation District, they all participate in those. And so the City of Kerrville is you know, said they had in the paper recently too, that they are, you know, the water supplies will sustain and they have a diverse water Mm. supply. So that is one of the the benefits of the city of Kerrville's water supply because they have surface water, groundwater, and that ASR water as well. And then Headwaters Groundwater Conservation District permits the groundwater pumping. And um, they have adopted rules that they feel are protective of the resource. I feel like- So we really look to them because they're the- um, we look to them for that information. I feel like the growth is a lingering um, well, issue that we're all just kind of, you know, we know it's there and it is almost scary. You know, yeah, a lot of people are moving here. Think about sure. water. You think about housing and, and each and every For resources. Yeah. Yes. So one good thing about infrastructure expanding with growth is that it's new infrastructure. So I think we've all heard a lot about aging water and wastewater infrastructure throughout the whole United States. So mm. a lot of that aging infrastructure leads to waste and so new pipes and new um, fixtures are going to not waste water because they're new and they're often more water conscious so um that that's a good thing that's an optimistic way to look at it. also if there's opportunity to improve some of the main lines and then they could be end up not having leaks or not having vulnerabilities anymore because of that so um I think that some of the new technologies that would be implemented with those infrastructure expansions will help. Are we losing water or do we have any leaks right now? Oh, there's, I think there's always leaks. Every water system in the world has leaks. Yeah. Mm, Some of the bigger ones you'll see more prevalently because there's going to be big puddles and 
lots of running water down you know main streets and stuff like that so 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 with the upper guadalupe river authority what is your authority we're not a regulatory authority so the, I, I don't i don't, I don't I, know what I, that means so we don't have rule you don't have to come to us to a permit we don't have rules that you have to follow we um are that has not how we were set up with the legislature so we're set up to be a steward of the river and to be a resource for the community about the river so you don't have to show about worry about the UGRA saying showing up. We saying, don't have any police that are yeah. going to come out. <laughs> you need to fix this right now. So we work but, as like a liaison though with the regulatory yeah. authority. So if we observe, um, say a construct a large construction project along the river, we'll check with our local floodplain administrators to see if a permit was issued for that, or if there is um, if it's a really large area, then they would have different stormwater controls that have to be implemented. And so we'll check with TCEQ. Um, who's the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality. That's our hey, main we, state agency. Um, if they have a permit for that. Okay. Wow. So, so you don't, y'all do verify though, that everything is good to go. I mean, it is important. Our rivers are extremely important. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we need people watching our rivers to make sure everything's good to go with them. Absolutely. As we can. Yeah. And how we often find out about stuff is people call us too and report and ask. And cause we're only, we're a staff of just a few people. And so we can't be everywhere at once. And um, we, have lots of conversations with the public about concerns you know all throughout the week and that's why we're there we're funded by property tax dollars so we're here to be a resource for the public tara how long have you been with the ugra now uh, for 15 years 15 years what's your favorite thing about the ugra oh gosh <laughs> oh i'm coming coming for you oh, next Matthew, so. <laughs> um i just love the the people that i've met in the community and hearing about how people i think what i love the most is when someone starts the conversation that i've lived here for 50 years and i've seen this because i don't know that information and so they're such a valuable resource so i just i like to hear those stories about how people have their experience have been with the river you know throughout their lifetime and i just love hearing how much people love the river because we do too Mm -hmm. all right matthew how long have you been with the ugra i've only been here a couple months now Okay, uh, but I'd say my favorite thing so far is, of course, I, I really like everybody I work with, uh, <laughs> and uh, second, <laughs> but but second of Tara's all, like, <laughs> second of all, I, I really like. Um, I, I've done several different, you know, a handful of presentations with like kids and whatnot, ranging from I think we did first grade or we did second grade. Yeah, uh, second. Uh, I we did a big second yeah. grade presentation day, but Very all the way important. up to seventh grade, and you know, I I like seeing the the gears start to spin and click, and you know, whenever we say something that they're interested in, I, I really like seeing those their eyes light up and it's like, oh, this is really interesting, and so you know, just providing education for the public, yeah, it's real fun. It is. Yeah. It's really cool to and and to see people. We we had Camila uh, McConaughey on the show this morning, and she has a new children's book out. Um, I forgot what it what it's called. Way to go. <laughs> it's called uh, Just Try One Bite is the name of this oh, book. Yes. But it, it makes it the kid's idea to eat healthy mm-hmm. in this book. And it gets the, the kids thinking about, you know, getting their parents to eat. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying like fat-free stuff and that kind of thing. But I'm talking about like good fruits and vegetables right. and, and wholesome Just foods. Just real you know? food. Yeah, yeah, real food instead of the processed stuff. And it's great. You know, I think it'll help a lot of kids. But... You guys are doing something kind of on that same level with getting the kids right, and it's teaching starting, them about the river and right. how important it is to keep our river clean. Yeah, starting that at a young age, for yeah. sure. Yeah, every, teaching them that every little piece of litter, you know, it can add up to a whole lot, especially if you have hundreds of people using the river and, you know, littering and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. if you have, let's say you have 20 families out there and each family throws out five pieces of trash. Yep. 
You know, you have a lot of 100 trash. pieces of trash out there on the river now, mm. and you compound that every day for 365 days. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're look, looking at 3,650 pieces of trash that weren't on the river just... Right. Ranging and so in size. Yeah. Also, you know, just talking to people how, how you can have an impact and what you have control over. So whether it's control over what you have for lunch that day and how many bites you take of whatever, or that you have control over, you know, what litter that you leave behind or what litter you remove while you're down at the river you know it's showing people that they have there's actionable steps in these these larger things so and you know you're leaving something for the people behind you so if you leave trash you're leaving trash for the people behind you and if you clean up your trash you're cleaning up your trash for the people behind you it's common courtesy yeah right yes making sure you have a nice pristine river to enjoy you know for the the next people and the next people yeah absolutely so what's what are the dates of this ugra river cleanup uh july 23rd is the date uh okay it'll be at flat rock park here in kerrville and uh if they register before june 30th we can guarantee their shirt size uh but july 8th is the the deadline for actually registering online doesn't mean you can't participate it just means you'll have to show up to the actual uh river cleanup and and get registered there is there a fee to participate no it's all free what about what if i want a t-shirt then you'll just have to be one of the first 300 to register. All right. Is registration open? Yes. Yes, it is right now. All right. As soon as this podcast is over, I'm, I'm registering. John, okay. what do you say? <laughs> I say, what would the Guadalupe River look like <laughs> if the UGRA didn't exist? Oh, wow. All right. Would before there be a Guadalupe that, River? <laughs> before, before we get into that. Did I miss well, something? What do you say about doing the uh, UGRA the River, cleanup. river cleanup in July? Are you going to sign up too? You guys can wear matching t-shirts? If we are representing the Kerrville podcast. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a good thing. So we register groups and yeah, yeah, yeah you can. can you can have that All be right. your group name. Okay. Sure. Cool. And cool. I'll just mention give a quick plug too, if Matt can, about some other ways you can be involved this summer, you know, in addition to the river cleanup is we have a volunteer program as well. Mm-hmm. Um we have our volunteer summer right. study. Yeah. Uh, our volunteer summer study um, goes on every summer. Uh, this year it's going to be June 1st, August 31st. Uh, and if anybody wants to participate with that, registration is also open for that on our website. You can go. Uh, big link right there as soon as you get to that page. Um, and we're also going to be having an open house tomorrow and May 27th uh, for people to come pick up their sampling supplies or get registered or you know just learn anything they want to about the program. So awesome. if you need so, advice on how to dress during an open house, I can help you. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's a fun story. Yeah, John has a very fun story. Yeah. Yeah. Um feral hogs oh yeah we oh, were gonna that's talk about that yeah. too we gotta yeah. talk about them hogs so yeah feral hogs can have an impact on water quality because hogs don't sweat did you know that that's your fun fact I, I for the day yeah. so they like to wallow in mud and shallow water in order to cool off and so they go along river corridor areas which we call our riparian areas to do that so they can really dislodge and disrupt the vegetation that are right along the river which makes those areas more prone to erosion and also takes away some of the other filtering and water um, storage benefits that those areas have and so they cause damage to riparian areas but then hog waste right next to the river gets into the river creates a bacteria and a nutrient issue as well 
Um, so we've partnered with Kerr County to manage feral hogs in our in Kerr County by having a bounty program. So if you harvest a feral hog and you freeze the tail, you can bring it into Kerr County Animal Services and complete a form um, to apply for a reimbursement of $12 per tail. Okay. All Hang right. on now. <laughs> Hang on. All so right. I'm asking for a friend. If, if oh, you no. had a, <laughs> a trigger-happy Texan out there who who wants to help in this movement how yes. does one well i mean you are obviously need to follow all legal hunting regulations and have have a place to harvest hogs but after you do then you bring the tail to animal services and fill out a form and the Kerr county will send you 12 dollars per tail all right so but we don't have we don't have places where you can like sign up to go and and kill hogs okay that's, right. that's you, can't just, your, you can't just show up you know no. down at the, can't go down to the golf course and just start and no. take them out that's for, it's for people <laughs> who are, are already yeah. place yeah. I was gonna, no. no all right so my next question here this is my last question i i've heard i've never seen one all right <laughs> but I've, I've heard there are nutria rats oh gosh yes you haven't seen one i'll tell you like two they're like gigantic rats yeah are, 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 what what are they they are in the guadalupe river yes they're an invasive rodent. They look similar to a beaver because like all rodents have orange teeth. So squirrels, beavers, rats, they all have orange teeth. I forget what it's called. Do you know? It's a certain compound that makes them real tough. Anyway, yeah, I'm yeah, not sure. yeah nutria yeah. have like a long skinny so, so, circular tail and beavers have a big wide flat tail. So you can tell a difference by the tail. But we have, why, I don't know why this is so funny, but we have nutria in the Guadalupe River. Yes, that's true. Nutria bad, beaver's good. You know, I've heard, uh, like, I've heard stories about the nutria rat, but I've never nutria I've never, rat. <laughs> Who calls it that? It's just a nutria. It's a. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're big. They're um, they're. I don't know how much they weigh, but you can see this that is this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they would damage that they cause is they'll burrow into the banks too, and so okay. they can destabilize banks, and then they eat a lot of vegetation along the rivers too. Also, and this this is probably not the appropriate question. Oh gosh! But armadillos, I I have not seen you as have many. You've not arm- seen armadillo in Kirk County I, either. I've, I've not seen nearly as many lately oh, as I lately. used to. I okay. used to see them like almost every day. I don't ever see them anymore. I don't know anything about armadillo man, um, population numbers. I I think I still see them. I love them. I, I've only been here for a couple months, and I haven't seen any. So, I mean, okay. But yeah. I, I, I've Extinct, only been here for a then. couple months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are no longer. I'm just kidding. No, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't heard anything about armadillos becoming less populous. Okay, But good. I will keep good. my, you know, I'll keep an eye Something out. Something to look for. All right, John, do you have any more questions? Last one. What are the ideal conditions? If if you could have the perfect river, what would it look like, and what would the participation of the community look like? Okay, ideal river. I Both think, of y'all, please. Yes. Natural Whenever. riparian areas um, lining the entire river. And what does that mean one. for those who? Uh, know it's what just that kind means. of the buffer zone um, that the transition zone from the riverbank all the way up to the upland areas where you have all. A very diverse uh, section of like vegetation and a lot of animals, lit, you know, insects and all that. They they call the riparian home. And mm. if you have like a a messed up riverbank or you know you have people that just line it with turf grass or anything like that, it, it messes up the the natural bank of the river. So yeah. Mm. 
So yes, in addition to riparian areas, I would say that as we grow, that the design of our communities could be for retaining stormwater runoff more than just getting it getting it downhill into the river as quickly as possible. So we want to have different features of infiltration in our landscaping um, that will hold on to water and to keep it on the site because it's such a precious resource. We don't want it, it to is, yeah. we don't want it to leave our property and to go downhill into the river, and that's just going to and create higher flood pulses when we get them, but also lower base flow levels too, because they, we don't have that seeping of of water back into the river. So I'd like to see see different features like permeable pavements and rain gardens and rainwater catchment systems that are, are holding on to our water mm. and not having it run off. All right, UGRA. What's your website address? www dot ugra dot org all right thank you all very much tara and matthew from uh, ugra coming in spending the morning with us this morning john uh you got anything else any final thoughts before we jump off here uh, it's just water is so important y'all i mean i know we we're having a good time on the podcast but this is very serious you know yeah. h- how fast we're growing and um you know uh ripper in Riparian, yeah, yeah, you know, riparian I'm, I'm and tributaries are a new word yeah, for the day. Yes, 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 and also conserving the water that we do have up on top. And um, yeah, y'all just check out ugra.org. Come out to the events, get a free shirt, try to beat me and Michaela, and uh, we'll see you there. All right, uh, that's going to do it for us. We'll be back Tuesday with the next Curveball Podcast. You know who our guest is Tuesday, John? Yeah, um, I haven't looked at the calendar. Our guest yet. on Tuesday, I'm stalling for dramatic effect. <laughs> It is. Here, should I get the Tampa Toby going? Appleton. Oh, it's Toby. Toby Appleton. Yeah, Toby, if you're watching this, we're ready for you Tuesday. We are ready, so. Toby. All right. Uh, y'all have a good weekend. Tuesday, next Curvo Podcast. You can get this at CurvoPodcast.com, uh, Curvo Podcast on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, on YouTube, and Facebook as well. So uh, make sure that you get it at all those places. Give us five five listens instead of one for everybody absolutely Michaela. (laughs) thank you for putting all that everywhere you want to talk about a tech goddess right here crazy with tech i'm I'm just talking y'all that's all i'm doing (laughs) really you just show up well thank you all very much for being on the podcast